short and simple verse, and those of you who have served uh, in the military can relate to it far much more than us who haven't, but yet there uh, is an element of experience, I think, that all of us have that can relate to what this short verse says. Let's read together 2 Timothy 2 and verse 3. Thou, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, I think that message is very clear that uh, there's a necessity for commitment. There's a discipline. There's a recognition of a dedication that has got to be made if you're going to make it in serving the Lord. Otherwise, the devil can just blow you over like a feather. <laughs> and he'll do it, too. And uh, if he can't blow your house down like the big bad wolf, then he'll do a whole bunch of other things to you. But you can endure hardness because you're marching in an army that's going to be victorious. Praise God. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Um, let's see how many years here now. I, I should have it just an automatic uh, amount. 57, be this, this year, 57 years of serving God. And um, turning back is just a foreign concept to me. Uh, there's no way I'm, no way I'd even consider going back. Uh, all the stupid things I did when I was 15 years old. Um, I, I, I don't share those things because I don't want it to sound like I'm bragging about what I was involved in. I'm ashamed of what I was involved in. <laughs> so I have no desire to go back. However, there is a temptation at times to just kind of, if not give up, at least to step back. You know, I say, oh, I'm not going to be um, as committed. I'm not going to be as faithful. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to fast. I'm not going to pray, you know, and so on. I'm going to seek what's convenient and go that route. That temptation will come. If it hasn't already, it will be there. And every one of us faces those periods in our lives when, um, that temptation gets pretty strong, and we wonder about it. Um, people talk about seasons of life. We have those seasons. But uh, the temptation is, is just that. It's a temptation. It's not, not something you have to give into, not something you have to yield to, not something you have to go along with. But what do you do with it? Well, you resist it, obviously. <laughs> Amen. And a characteristic, you look in the scriptures, and um, there's no one that's perfect uh, as far as the characters that are, uh, the stories are told. But one characteristic that comes through loud and clear in each character is they didn't give up. They just kept going. Faults, failures, Stumbles, yeah, they had those problems, 
but they never gave up. So I want to focus tonight on this lesson that would uh, take a look at that word endure. Endure. And there are actions that the Lord wants us to take. The Word of God, you know, the Word of God, we, we look at the Bible and we know that's the Word of God. It's got to be acted upon. It's not enough just to read it, not enough just to believe it without action. There's got to be action. That's why the birth of the church in uh, the book of Acts uh, ha is not the book of talk, the book of thought. It's action. And that's what we've got to do. So there are six actions that God wants us to take when that temptation of giving up comes floating around and the devil tries to blow you down. And we'll use the word endure as an acrostic. You know what an acrostic is? You know, an acronym uh, is a word sometimes that stands for something. And uh, an acrostic is, is important. My, my fourth grade class used to love acrostics because they're an easy way to write a poem. And um, they would use one word, you know, for the beginning letter and spell out somebody's name and so on. Uh, for example, let's see if you can uh, pick up who this acrostic is about. Admirable, loving, intelligent, caring, inspiring, awesome. Who is that? <laughs> then it gets harder when you have to use phrases or if you have to use sentences because then your vocabulary gets uh, stretched. You know, you got to find more words to be able to work. Psalm 119 is an acrostic. LF? And what's the last one, Mike? Tau? Tau, yeah. Goes, you'll see, as you read Psalm 119, all 176 verses, you'll see it's an acrostic. They, they put the, the Hebrew alphabet in there. So, endure. The first E, embrace God's purpose. Embrace God's purpose. If there's a purpose on, on something, uh, it's, it's easier to endure. Um, still hard, still challenging, still difficult, but if you recognize there's a purpose, it kind of gives you a boost. First Peter 1 and 7, we'll do, a, a, a Brother Levi, we'll do a lot of uh, bouncing back and forth between NLT and, and King James, okay? Just to alert you to that. Um, we'll look at the King James first and then we'll We'll look at the New Living Translation. 1 Peter 1 and 7, Peter writes about the trial of your faith. And uh, I think Peter has a lot of experience to speak from about the trial of your faith. You know, he, he uh, is complimented about the revelation he has. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Peter knew who it was going to be built upon. Amen. It wasn't him. It was the rock, Jesus Christ. 
And so that, that was incredible. Flesh and blood hath not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And then a few short verses. Get thee behind me, Satan. Because <laughs> Peter was trying to talk the Lord out of his destiny. So Peter had a lot of experience. But here's what he says. The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Praise God. So you always have to look ahead. It's not all going to be right here. It's not all going to end right here. We always have to look ahead to the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now, the NLT simplifies it, and that's why we, we look at it for comparison. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. Okay? It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Wow. So that aspect of recognizing there's a purpose here. God's not just dangling you over the fire to see how much you can stand. No, there's something going on on the inside of you. And that faith is being purified. It's being strengthened. It's being uh, to the point where you can recognize what God is doing. Because your faith is much more precious to God than gold. And uh, that's what we need to recognize as well. Amen. And I'm thankful that God is good at bringing good out of bad. You take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it to good. Praise God. More than just a nice chorus, more than just a nice sound. Amen. We know the scripture says all things work together for good to them who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. That's what we've got to identify. That's what we've got to hold on to. Praise God and thank the Lord for that. God's purpose behind your problems is always greater than the problem you're going through. And that's what we've got to look for. Amen. All right, James 1 and 3. He says, knowing this, you've got to know it. You've got to believe it. You've got to claim it. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not, because uh, he supplies. He blesses, he ministers. Now, the NLT, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. There's the endurance. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. So the emphasis on endurance is there for a reason. And that's what we're to focus on. I will endure. Praise God. I'll make it. Think about this statement. God never wastes 
a hurt. It's not going to waste it. It's not going to be just something you, you uh, pass through and fling it in the garbage heap. No, God's purpose is there. When I was talking to Brother Wagner, he, he uh, mentioned uh, from his open heart surgery, when, when was it anyway? Was it Monday? And uh, now in his recovery in the hospital, he's had chance after chance after chance to testify about how good God is. Because they're amazed at his recovery. They're amazed that he's, he's up and walking and, and doing stairs. He said, you know, you know the stairs that physical therapy usually has? You have, you have maybe three or four steps going up, a little platform, three or four steps going down. He said, that's not where they took me. He said, they took me to like the lobby of the hospital and the grand staircase going up like to the mezzanine, the staircase about 10 feet wide. So that's the stairs they took me to. And they didn't walk behind me, he said, or beside me. He said, they said, go ahead, go ahead and go up the stairs. What side is the railing on in your house? He said, on the left side. Grab the left side and uh, don't hold on to it. Just, just let it be there in case you need it. And he took several steps up and he realized they weren't with him. They were letting him walk by himself. He turned around and said, you're, you're not with me. He said, you, you knew I could do this, didn't you? <laughs> and so God never wastes a hurt. There's always going to be an opportunity to glorify him. Always going to be an opportunity to lift him up. Praise God. And thank the Lord that we can share that. And nurture. Nurture your spiritual roots. That, uh, that nurturing is, is, is a building up again. It's, a, uh, it, it's an increase. It's a health. Your spiritual roots. You hold on to it. Remember the parable of the sower? There are four kinds of soil. All of them heard the word of God. All of them responded to the word of God. But the difference was the outcome. And uh, the good soil, it, we're actually talking about hearts. Hearts that receive the word of God. Hearts that, you know, that are hearing. And, uh, and all of them responded. All of them received it. But the lasting aspect is what is so important there. The person with faith grows the word of God in his heart and, and, and plants it deep. So that circumstances are not going to shake it out. You know, temptations are not going to make it fail. You're going to move on. Luke 8 and 15. And the good ground uh, is, is the, uh, well, it goes on and says, the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. In other words, there's results. There's going to be changes. There's things positive that are going to come forth. Thank God we know it works because the Lord has done that for us. Now, the message, we don't have the message uh, in our computer, but let me just read it to you because it, it uses a word, a phrase that's, uh, that's interesting. The seed in the good earth 
These are the good hearts who seize the word and hold on no matter what, sticking with it until there's a harvest. That sticking with it is the part that I wanted to emphasize. Because there are times that uh, the wind is blowing, the rain is falling, and uh, the earth is shaking, uh, thunder's rolling. Man, we're in a storm. And we wonder, are we going to make it? We endure. We hold on. Praise God. And we know uh, this passage in Luke 8 doesn't say uh, the degree of faithfulness, but we know, uh, looking at Matthew 13, the degree of faithfulness can be 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Wow. That's pretty productive. That's what God wants to do in our lives and in our hearts because there's change that the Lord wants to make. Now, uh, change is a constant. <laughs> that sounds kind of paradoxical, doesn't it? Circumstances change. Public opinion changes. Cultures change. But the word of the Lord lasts forever. And that's where we've got to drive our anchor. Praise God. And thank the Lord. When we build our lives on something that doesn't change, there's stability in the midst of the trouble. And praise God, there's that, that power and that blessing. Now here's a dilemma in 2 Timothy 4.3, which uh, describes where we are. And it certainly did in Timothy's day and Paul's day. But uh, we're, we're seeing it uh, blossom probably even, even more. 2 Timothy 4 and 3. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Now that sounds kind of odd, so let's look at the NLT. The New Living Translation makes it a little more plain. I think we get the gist of what's going on here that people aren't going to want to hear. They're going to ignore. They're going to neglect. They're going to pass. Okay, but here's what NLT says. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Just tell me what sounds good. Tell me I'm okay. Tell me I don't have to change. I don't have to give up. I can add God's blessings, but I don't have to subtract sin. Hmm. Doesn't work that way. If you really want to find what God has in store, there's the addition of his blessings and the subtraction of what's going to harm you. Yeah, that's God's plan. And verse 4 goes on to uh, describe uh, the, the problem a little bit more. Verse 4 in uh, 2 Timothy 4. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Now that really puzzles me. <laughs> I, uh, what? You know, fantasy, imagination, um, all of those kinds of things, you know, fun to play with, but truth is what's going to make you free. 
Truth is what's going to bring deliverance. Truth is what you can stand on. Not myth, not fable, not legend, you know, those kinds of things. They're fun to read. And, uh, and Aesop usually has a moral to the story, but the Word of God is what we're going to hold on to. Now, uh, if you can go to the Amplified, uh, Sister Becca, on verse 4. Amplified really amplifies it. They'll turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into myths and man-made fictions. And then notice this in the brackets, and will accept the unacceptable. Hmm. That's, uh, that's not acceptable. <laughs> not at all. We've got to be able to move into the realm of truth because of what it will produce. Amen. So we nurture that. Nurture it. D. Direct your attention on Jesus Christ. Um, that's, that's not automatic. That's something you've got to discipline yourself to do. Because, man, there's a lot of noise in this world. There's a lot of distraction. A lot of voices calling for your attention. A lot that would want to pull you away from Jesus Christ. And certainly, problems can get pretty big. And uh, we can end up looking at our problems instead of looking for a solution. And uh, fixing blame instead of fixing the problem is uh, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. <laughs> Adam said, the woman that you gave me and Eve said, the serpent told me, you know, they were doing the blame game instead of looking for a solution. Corey Ten Boom um, lived in the Holocaust. Um, she, uh, she helped special needs people. She helped Jewish people to escape uh, the Holocaust. And as a result, she was arrested and put in a concentration camp. And life was terrible. Her sister Betsy died in the concentration camp. She has a lot of insights into, well, obviously, problems. And uh, that situation lasted for years for her. She said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look to God, you'll be at rest. And uh, that's more than just a nice saying. She lived that in circumstances that were terrible. And uh, yet she encourages us, don't look at the problem, look at the solution. Amen. And the more you look at God, the smaller your problems are going to get. But the more you look at your problems, the bigger they're going to get. So, choose the right thing. Hebrews 12 and 2 in the Amplified. I see we have the Amplified uh, C. And it, it didn't, didn't have all of the stuff I wanted. But let, let's go ahead and go to it anyway. Hebrews 12 and 2. 
The C stands for classic. Uh, it's good. But let's see here. Jesus endured the cross by looking beyond it to what God would do through it to save us. And that's the blood we were singing about tonight. That's the cleansing that we received. That's the forgiveness. Because Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Thank the Lord for forgiveness. Amen. The Lord knew forgiveness would be coming through the cross, and his blood would bring cleansing from sin and healing from disease. So, he endured it. To overcome the difficulties in your life, you have to redirect your attention away from the problem and toward Jesus Christ, who gives a solution. Oops, can you put it back up? 12 and 2. All right, so the, the Amplified there takes it uh, a little differently from what I'm reading, but uh, thank God that he provides for us all of that in the direction that he makes mention of because his word is going to come to pass. We see it come to pass again and again. We thank God for it. Amen. And uh, I, I like Psalm 72 and 17. You can go to the King James on that one. Psalm 72 and 17 talks about his name. And his name shall endure forever. Amen. <coughs> his name shall be continued as long as the sun. And men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Thank the Lord. Because the potential for everyone being impacted is definitely there. And we make his name known by enduring. Brother Wagner is in enduring open heart surgery. And it's giving him opportunity after opportunity to share the word of the Lord. One nurse closed the door and stayed in his room for about 45 minutes. And um, he and Sister Wagner were able to just talk to her. And uh, she's a, a Filipina, and, and uh, one of the pastors in the Vancouver area uh, has a wife who is Filipino, and so they're going to make that connection. Praise God. And we'll see what the Lord will do. <laughs> Praise God. But endure. You, wow, our time's going. You, use your experience to help others. Your experience. Praise God, and that's what Brother Wagner is doing. All right, 2 Corinthians 1 and 6. In the NLT, let's go ahead and go right with that. When we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. And we might say, what? <laughs> I don't like trouble. I don't like things going wrong. I don't like these situations that come. But I can look for comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. Verse 2, as God comforts you through whatever pain you're experiencing, he is preparing you to comfort others with the very comfort you've been given. So God has a plan. 
God has a purpose. You know why we can pray confidently? For those who are suffering through cancer? Because right here, there are people who've been healed of cancer. Amen. Annette, Brother Rick, me, three of us healed of cancer, and we're still kicking. <laughs> Praise God. So, that's why God encourages us to pray. And our greatest life message, let me ask you, where does your greatest life message come from? From strength or from weakness? It's weakness. We might think, oh, it's when I gave the devil a black eye. That's <laughs> when I, you know, and we, we think of the victory. But weakness shows God's glory. It shows God's power. Not weakness to give in or give up. Weakness that we endure and God comes through. Praise God. And we thank the Lord that God will use those things to help us grow and to help us reach, to help others. Amen. And uh, we can see the Lord do that work. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Here's a good Valentine message for us. Uh, let's go with the NLT in 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Valentine's Day coming up. Good time to let love win. Love never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful. And endures through every circumstance. It does? Yes, it does. Praise God. And we thank the Lord that there's that kind of power. Our Rely on God's power. Rely on his power. God never meant for you to go through life on your own power. He wants you to rely on him. He wants you to look to him and trust him and believe him. Praise God. And thank the Lord there, there's the strength that we can receive. Um, and uh, the Old Testament uh, promise uh, is it Isaiah forty thirty one? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Always making progress. Always moving ahead. Praise God. There are times that we stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's true. But there's also that flying and that running and that walking. Praise God. Because the Lord gives us strength. Okay, Colossians 1 and 11. The King James, and then we'll go to the NLT. This is part of, uh, part of Paul's prayer for the Colossian church. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering, with joyfulness. <laughs> I'm glad he put that part in there because, oh man, it's a, 
easy to have your mouth go upside down, uh, you know, with being glum and, and uh, gloomy. But there's a joyfulness that God brings there as well. Okay, now the NLT. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Hmm. So God uses difficulties to teach us to trust him. And uh, we thank God that uh, his power is able to be displayed in our weakness. In fact, the Bible says, out of weakness made strong. That can only happen by God. And we thank the Lord that there's that strength um, that, that the Lord provides for us. You know, somebody said, you don't know God is all you need until he is all you have. <laughs> and when he's all you have, and he shows up, and he shows off, praise God, and we know. All right, God, you've got it. And, uh, and we let the Lord manifest his power and his strength in us. Amen. James 5.11, just the, uh, the King James here, James 5.11, Behold, we count them happy which endure. And there's that joyfulness again, that happiness again. And sometimes we don't feel that happy. We don't feel that joyful. But hang on. God's going to change it. You've heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful or merciful and of tender mercy. Praise God. And thank the Lord. He, uh, we know what happened to Job at the end of, uh, of his book. He's blessed with twice as much as he had before, if you want to measure by material things. And then God blesses him with more children. And uh, thank the Lord that God knows how to turn the bad into the good. Amen. And thank the Lord there's that kind of power that he has for us. Okay, the last E. Expect God to bless you. Expect him to, to show up for you. Expect him to honor his word. Amen. When we have faith, there's an expectation that God is going to do something for you and in you. Remember, he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Praise God. And the Lord provided and the Lord blessed. So we get to choose how much God helps us. It's our choice. <laughs> And when we choose to pray, we choose to believe, we choose to trust, God will be there to bring us through the difficult times. So make the right choice. Simple. No-brainer. Amen. But engage your brain and use it to, to show. When we expect God to help, guess what? He does. <laughs> That's simple, isn't it? Praise God. I'm thankful for that help and that blessing that the Lord has. James 1 and 12. Just uh, the King James again. Blessed is the man that endureth 
temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Amen. Incredible reward, isn't there? And uh, that's not pie in the sky when we die in the sweet by and by. There are those that mock that. You know, but um, uh, I, I want to end up where God has his blessings in store for me. I'm not going to gamble with, you know, it, it may be turning out right. No, I'm going to make sure. And I make sure by believing the word of God. And God wants us to grow in faith. Hebrews 10, 36. You have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The will of God is repentance. The will of God is baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. The will of God is receiving his spirit. That's called the new birth. Praise God. And thank the Lord. There's the promises that the Lord will provide. Okay, the NLT in that verse. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. That's pretty good. Amen. We thank the Lord that uh, God's power is there. Matthew 24, 13, very simple statement that Jesus made. He that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved. Praise God. And, um, and we're going to make it. You don't want to miss out on anything that God has in store for you. Praise God. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't fall short. Because God's best is yet to come. Amen. He's got... He's got so much more available for us. Praise God. And we've proven that. We've proven that. We've, we've, we've seen God come through again and again and again. And endurance is not fun. We're not going to jump up and click our heels together and say, Oh, goody, I get to endure again. <laughs> no, we'd, we'd like to have things be comfortable and convenient, but... Living for God has those elements in, in it, but uh, it's a challenge. It's a battle. That's why he said, endure as a good soldier. You that have served in the military, you knew boot camp was not a picnic. Not at all. It was, it pushed you. It was aggravating. The DI in your face, hollering and spraying and spit all over you and all. All of that junk, that uh, it was not fun. Thank God we don't have that going on. I'll try not to spit on you. <laughs> First Corinthians one ten. This is Paul writing about uh, what they had experienced, what they were going through. And uh, the focus is not on the death. The focus is on deliverance. That's why it's there three times. Who delivered us from so great a death, 
and doth deliver, or he is delivering, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. So it's past, present, and future. He delivered us. He is delivering us. We will be delivered. Praise God. And that endurance is so important to hold on for that deliverance. Amen. And oh my, the final deliverance at the sounding of the trumpet when the Lord calls his people out of here. Amen. I'm thankful that we can have faith in that promise. And uh, the reason that he hasn't come already is God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Praise God. So we want to tell the world, hurry up and repent, because we want the Lord to come. <laughs> we want to get out of here. <laughs> Praise God to be in the presence of the Lord. Now, let me end with uh, a shocking statement after what we just went through. Don't endure. <laughs> I don't want you to endure. Don't endure Satan and his lies anymore. Don't endure sin and all of the problems that it brings to you. Just don't put up with it anymore. Change. Amen. The struggle and the defeat, getting up and falling down, moving ahead and sliding back, don't endure that. Move into the realm where God's promises are going to come to pass. Sin's forgiven. Sin's remitted in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ in the waters of baptism. Receiving the spirit of the Almighty, the one who spoke everything into existence. All that the web telescope is revealing, God said it, and it happened. And he wants to be in your heart and in your life. That's incredible. And those of us who've received it, it is incredible. <laughs> it's unspeakable. You can't, can't describe it. Praise God. It's awesome. Amen. Don't endure silent suffering. Call out to the Lord. Ask for his help. Amen. Receive his forgiveness. Oh, the positive changes that God can bring. Amen. So dynamic, so powerful, so incredible. It's called being born again, a second chance. Praise God. See if I can remember the saying. Not every day that you find someone who will give you a second chance. And even more, someone who will give you a second chance every day. That's God. That's Jesus Christ. Praise God. And I thank the Lord for his power and his blessing. A couple more scriptures, brother. Levi, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Here's the Lord saying, you don't have to endure that. You don't have to put up with that. You can come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's his will. And what he wills, not enough devils in hell to stop it. Amen. And thank God there's that power that he can put within us. The rest. 
the rest. Praise God. Come and learn of me, he said. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So it's a process. It's, a, it's, it's gaining knowledge. It's enduring to reach out for what he has for us. But you don't have to endure those burdens and that garbage and all the junk that the devil tries to load you down with. Praise God. He'll take care of it. You know, the scripture says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's not just talking about the eternal aspects of God. It's saying he can take care of your past. He can, he can remove the guilt and the shame. Today, he's a present help in time of trouble, the Bible says. Praise God. Forever? That's the future he has in mind for you. Praise God. Oh, man, what a promise. What a promise. Jesus was watching a religious ceremony in John 7. Something that the Jews had done with the temple and so on for, for years. And he was watching the chalice of water being taken from the pool and being brought to the temple. And he shouted out in the midst of that solemn ceremony, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He's shouting this. You can imagine the startled looks and the, and the, the people turning. Who, who in the world is this hollering? He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Praise God. And out of the innermost being, there's going to be that well, that river. Amen. And put, put verse 39 up there in John 7. Here's John's explanation. This is what he was talking about. This spake he of the Spirit which they that believe on him should receive. The Holy Ghost was not yet given, for the God, Jesus was not yet glorified. But it happened. He was glorified in the resurrection. Hallelujah. And on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit was poured out for the first time. They spoke in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And God's still doing that. Amen. He's still pouring out his spirit. He's still giving joy unspeakable and full of glory. He's still providing the power and the strength that we need to overcome. Praise God. And so I say, don't endure. <laughs> Get rid of the garbage. Get rid of the sin. Get rid of the problems. And move into the realm of his presence and power. Stand with me, please, if you would. The devil tells so many people, you don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to be that radical. You don't have to jump off in the deep end. You don't, you don't have to be a, a weirdo like some Christians are. <laughs> well, I'm glad I did. <laughs> Amen. 
I'm glad it happened to me. Oh, man. The power and blessing of the Spirit of God, even in the midnight hour, when tears are soaking my pillow, God shows up. Peace that passes understanding. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, man, how incredible. How incredible. The pain goes away, but the pain comes back, but so does the Lord. Amen. And thank God he does that work for us again and again. And oh, I'm so thankful for his help and for his love. Amen. Can we come down and, and pray here? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Endure. Amen. We're going to endure. <laughs> Amen. We're going to endure because we didn't endure. How's that for a paradox? Amen. We surrender to the Lord. We yielded ourselves to Him. Praise God. Oh my. I'm so thankful. Can we give praise to the Lord right now? Can we give worship to Him? Thank you, Lord God.